Welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and I'm super excited to dive into this episode with you. Before we get started, there's one thing that I always get questions on is what kind of hydration gear do I need to run an ultra? Do I need soft flasks? Do I need handhelds? Do I need bladders? I always say it depends on the race that you're running. If you're running a really fast race, then I would wear a handheld. If you are running a really long race or a race where you're going to go a little slower, then using a bladder or soft flasks with a pack is going to be the way to go. But regardless of which hydration apparatus you're using in your training or your racing, there is one brand of hydration equipment that I've been using in my training extensively when it comes to handhelds and soft flasks and bladders. That has just been so, so awesome and very, very reliable because here's the reality. I've tried many hydration products and sometimes they break, they leak, they're not great out there, and I've never had any of the problems with the products from Hydropack. Now, Hydropack is a company that designs handhelds, bladders, soft flasks, you name it when it comes to hydration things. They even have one of my favorite handhelds because they have one that actually straps to your hand without you needing to grip it. It's their new Sky Flask and it is absolutely incredible. And they also have the best soft flasks in the game. If you've ever used Solomon's running vest and the soft flasks that come with that vest, that's actually created by Hydropack and they make their own soft flasks as well which can fit into any type of pack that you are using so if you're using a Nathan pack or if you're using a uh, Solomon pack they're going to be able to fit into there as well so they're very versatile and the bladder is the same way as well these products they don't leak they're very reliable they're durable and they are also super super comfortable to hold in your hand if you're using the handheld and also they're very light and they don't slosh around as much as any other products as well so when it comes to hydration equipment hydropack is the go-to plus they even have filters too so for if you're on a long hiking trip or maybe on a long run where you're going to need to filter water they have a filter where you can actually screw it on to your soft flask or your handheld scoop up some water and drink directly out of there and it will filter all the bad stuff out of there so you can have reliable water so as you can see the products by hydropack are so amazing and because they are so amazing i want to give you a 20 percent discount off of any of hydropack's products by using the code everyday ultra 20 by going to the link in the show notes or you can go directly to hydropack.com which is h-y-d-r-a-p-a-k.com and use code everyday ultra 20 at checkout for 20 percent off your order and that's on anything soft flasks handhelds bladders you name it you got it on there so that's Everyday Ultra 20 at checkout for 20% off your order at hydropack.com. You can use the link in the show notes or go to hydropack.com to get your discounts. All right, everybody, that's it. Thank you so much for listening, and let's get into the episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and today we are talking all about safety 
for runners. Now, when I talk about safety, what I generally mean is protecting yourself out there, whether you're running on the trails, either by yourself or even with friends, or even if you are traveling to an unfamiliar area and you want to know if there's a good place to run, or maybe you're even running locally and you want to see if you want to just stay safe, whether on the trail, the roads, whatever those might be, this is all about protecting yourself. And I will say, so this episode, first of all, was suggested to me by a a listener of the podcast, Josh Bowles, who goes by Back of Pack Elite on Instagram. He brought the suggestion to me in lieu of the horrific and terrible news of um, Lake and Riley, um, who is a runner, a female runner who was horrifically murdered on her run and um, has just been, you know, making waves in, in the running community as it should, um, just because of how just awful the situation is and how, um, we really need to, you know, just, just bring this to light. And listen, I want to put this episode out as a resource for people who are looking to increase safety. I I very well know that like, this isn't the complete answer to the situation and, and anyone who else who, who faces situations like this in the past, but just know that I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, with this episode, we can help uh, people feel at least a little bit more safe out there in this crazy, crazy world. But before we, we dive into the episode, I'd like to take a moment of silence for, for Lake and Riley and, um, anyone else who has been, you know, uh, has unfortunately lost their lives in, uh, you know, losing their life in running, whether it was as horrific of, you know, a situation like this, or even people who have, you know, been lost in the trail, anything of the such, um, just a quick moment of silence for, for anyone who has lost their life there. All right. Thank you. And, um, yeah. And, you know, I, I think, I don't like to start the podcast on such a deep and dark note um, right there, but I think it is important to mention and why it is important that like safety is a big, big thing for runners. And I know very well that I'm a male speaking on this as well. And I know that for female runners, it is a much, much, you know, deeper concern than, uh, you know, males running out there for sure. Um, I will say like this topic does apply to anyone. Um, I do feel like everybody should have precautions to be as safe as possible as they can out there for sure. And even I take, you know, precautions as well out there too. And so, um, I will share what's worked for me. I'm also going to share some resources from some female runners who, um, have shared resources on, um, Instagram and online and, and things that have helped them as well. Um, just so you can be safe out there because here's the reality. At the end of the day, like safety is the most important thing. And, and although running is something that, you know, we go out and, you know, we can, we, as much as we want to feel as comfortable as possible, like there's even some times where, you know, I can go out running, whether it's in Phoenix in some areas or even out on the trails where, you know, you start to think like, Ooh, like this could be a sketchy situation. And so it's, it's good to have, you know, things and precautions set up to keep yourself as safe as possible, whether you're on the roads, on the trails, anything like that. So I'm going to talk about resources, tools to use everything else on the podcast here, um, to give you all the tools to be safe out there to really protect yourself. And again, I don't want to just put this out and saying like, you know, this, you know, could have prevented whatever could have happened with any other person's situation. These are just tips to take extra precautions in case you are wondering what those would be. 
So um, I'm going to kind of split this up into like road safety and then also trail safety because I think they're two different things. There, there are some similar tools that can overlap in between the two, but I, I want to just kind of dissect those because they're a little different in nature of like things that can happen, right? On the trail, there's more risk for like animal attacks and there's more risk for like, you know, falling out somewhere or like being in a remote location, whereas like a road, you know, you have a little bit more disposable resources around you, but also to road, there's usually much more popular areas so there can be some tough stuff I mean even with the trails though um, there can be instances where you know you can get mugged out there I mean one thing that was brought to light was Tom Evans um, one of the best ultra runners in our sport um, was mugged on a trail in Cape Town in South Africa and was I think mugged at, at knife point um, which is nuts so and again, I don't want to have this episode to scare people to not to run, but I think there's just some precautions to take on there for sure. So I think one of the biggest overarching things to really look at is, especially if you're running in a new area or you're thinking about running a different route, is definitely look up information on the area that you are running before you go and do so. Even if it is a trail that's recommended or even if it's like a road path that's like recommended or anything like that, you want to look up some information around the area. So if it's in a road area that you are looking to run, I always tend to look to see like, like, is it a safe area? Like I will literally look up what the area is and I will type in, is it a safe area or some crime information or anything like that? And, and really see like if this is an area that looks pretty safe. Um, there's a lot of different warning signs that you can see, like very high crime rate relative to the per capita of the area in the city. Because generally cities will have a higher crime rate, like in general, like for example, in Phoenix, like there will be like a higher crime rate in most pockets of the area just because it is a very big city, but there are some places that is less than others. So that is one thing that I look at for sure, just to like make sure that there's no sketchy places. And I travel a lot for work as well. Um, well, I should say I used to travel a lot for work. Um, I do travel a lot now as a coach, but uh, prior, my prior life as a co uh, before I was coaching, um, I um, was doing a lot of business travel. And so I would travel around different places like Detroit and, um, you know, Los Angeles and like all these different places. And anytime I was staying at the hotel, I would always look to see if it was safe in the area that I was running with to do so by doing some research online. And you want to just look up those things before. So for sure. Now, if you look and see that it is safe, and usually some of the scientists say that it is safe, is seeing a low crime per capita for the given area relative to where you're staying. Um, also, too, I, I think a good real way to look at this as well is if you go into Strava and you go to like the routes, uh, or sorry, go to the maps. If you go into the maps, you usually can see like a heat map of like where people have run. And generally in the areas where there's more running than not, like more darker lines, you you can, I don't want to say like definitely assume, but you can more than likely, you know, make an educated guess that that is going to be a relatively safer place to run. Now, I still think you need to do some research, but like I'm looking at like a map of Phoenix right now as I'm kind of talking through this and I see like right in downtown Phoenix in the heart of it, there's a lot of lines. And then if you look like south, um, southwest of Phoenix, I was just remembering my compass thing, southwest, there's not a lot of lines running on there as well. And that is not a great area of Phoenix. I know that to be true. And so um, I can usually like, there's usually a correlation just based on my experience of like running routes and then like how safe a specific area is. Um, 
just with that as well. Now, again, don't just like take it blindly, look up and do some research beforehand. But that is something that I usually generally like to look at when kind of assessing like, is this a safe area to run? Are there a lot of people running on this area? Like what is um, something in there too? Because, you know, having an area that is like pretty populated, like in terms of like runners and stuff like that, I'm not saying it's always going to be safe, but it's going to be safer than places that aren't going to have a lot of runners out there for sure. So that is, um, you know, that, that is definitely one of the biggest things that I look at when I'm like looking at a road area to really look at for sure. Um, and I always say like it, here's kind of like my rule of thumb is like, if you can run it in the daytime, like definitely try and run it in the daytime. Um, but if you're in the darker hours, especially at nighttime, early morning, you can probably get away with, but usually dark, if it's dark outside, generally, if you are in an unfamiliar area, whether you're like traveling for somewhere, anything else, unless you know, with like, you know, pretty, pretty high certainty that it's a very safe and populated area, or you're going with other people or anything like that, I would stick to indoors as much as possible. So I will give you an example. So um, for me, I uh, was traveling once to Detroit. Now, um, some areas of Detroit are not very safe. We were staying in downtown Detroit, which has relatively safer pockets and some of them not as safe. Um, and where we were staying was a relatively safer area, but it was dark and I was unfamiliar with the area. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to opt for the treadmill over here just in case. Um, and so that's what I did. And I made peace with that. And I said, I'm totally okay with this. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of the treadmill, um, I'm okay with making peace that I'm going to be on this treadmill um, just to to protect myself out here. So definitely, you know, um, I would say if it's at nighttime and you have the option to be on the treadmill, even if like, you know, you are, even if the research shows that it's safe and stuff, it's always just best to just take it, you know, uh, take it safe and just play it on the treadmill for sure. Unless you know with like very, 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 very high certainty that it's a extremely safe area at nighttime because night there's just so much different variables and it's just, you know, it's darker outside and, um, it, it's, definitely a higher risk for sure. So I think that's a big precaution to take for sure. Um, and also too, if you can run with someone, like that's always a great thing to do is like go out and, and run with someone if you have like someone uh, there to do so. But uh, if you are generally alone, yeah, I think staying inside is the best. And if even if you don't have access to run on a treadmill inside, I, I would say like the rest day and taking some time off is worth it. Now, listen, I don't think, you know, anyone should have to like not run because of safety concerns. But the reality is like, if there is a big safety concern out there, it's okay to like, just say like, I'm not going to run because I just don't feel comfortable running in this area. That is a hundred percent. Okay. Like never feel shamed about that. Never feel like that is something that you have to like hide away because in the end of the day, like if you are nervous of running a place because it's not safe, like yeah, like that should be honored. And so never feel like you have to ultimately like, you know, um, force a run, um, even if you don't feel super comfortable in that area, I think it's okay to just take the time to, you know, say like, I'm not safe in this area. And, um, I, I and if I don't have the option to run, um, that's totally okay. So, um, yeah, that's definitely something that I would consider as well. Now, that being said, even so, even if you're running in a safe area, there's still risk for unfortunate things to happen. I mean, Lake and Riley bringing, bringing her up again, uh, she was found dead running on the University of Georgia campus, which if you think about like a school university, you're like relatively probably safe. Um, but 
unfortunately and just horrifically, you know, that happened out there too. So there are some precautions to definitely take out there for sure. And uh, I got this forward to me from Josh, who was the same person who recommended the episode, but this was also posted by motherhood underscore running, who posted a lot of these different things um, as well. So one of the suggestions that was made on the page was on Instagram, there is a company called go guarded and that's at go underscore guarded. And they have several tools for runners to carry and arm themselves with small things that you can keep on you and use at your disposal, hopefully not use at your disposal, but just to have in case either for peace of mind or using to defend yourself in case something happens. So that is one company that makes specific tools for runners to protect themselves out there too. Um, Another thing to really have on there is not just a weapon to protect yourself, or when I say weapon, I mean like ideally like pepper spray or a knife. I mean, again, want to be sure of the laws in your country or where you're at or your state or anything of the so, but that is something to keep in mind. You also want to have a way to signal either people in your emergency context, people around you, but to draw attention to you in some way or shape or form. Because one thing that uh, Motherhood Running said that I thought was really, really interesting was that um, people who are going to be aggressive on runs, like they're more opportunists, like they aren't people who are going to just hit anybody. They're going to find someone that's going to keep the least amount of attention. So if you can have a precaution set up where you can like make the most attention, like that's going to be something that's going to be able to protect yourself. So the first thing One of the applications, um, or I should say one of the tools that is mentioned by Motherhood Running is a tool called a she-birdie. And basically what it is, it's it's an alarm that you pull it, and it sounds like a really, really loud noise. And basically it's something that you can pull in case something aggressive happens or something really, really terrible happens, and you can pull it, and it's going to draw attention over to you if you're in a public place and that's going to be something that you can use as a precaution. So it's called the she birdie and you can purchase it off Amazon. It's small enough to carry around with you. Um, that is a suggestion that motherhood running made. Another kind of tool that motherhood running has, it's an application called one scream. And what it does is you can put in emergency contacts into the application and basically it's going to record your scream and If you do scream, it's going to trigger the alarm to call your, uh, notify your emergency contacts. It's going to ask if it is a false alarm, if it does happen. But if you do press accept that it's not a false alarm, then it will notify your emergency contacts right away, which is something that you can use as well. And this like doesn't even apply to, you know, a violent thing. Like if you get hit by a car or something other catastrophic happens out there, you can have that at your disposal as just another tool to alert your emergency contacts in case something happens too. One thing that's on this too, and this list of suggestions from Motherhood Running does have a specific um, company that does this kind of training, but I will keep it more general too because I've seen this at a lot of different places, but I think finding like some way to do some sort of like self-defense course or anything like that if you're willing to invest into the time and the money to do so this is specifically like if you're carrying around like a tool with you like a pepper spray or something like that but just knowing like what the true precautions are to be able to 
be well equipped into disarming someone or taking safe precautions or anything like that. I think that is a great way to have it on there. Um, I know like really one of the biggest things to do, and I actually learned this from some of my friends in jujitsu, um, and think about jujitsu, right? It's a very big combat sport and things like that. I remember one time asking someone who does jujitsu, I said like, Hey, like, what do you do if like someone comes and tries to be aggressive with you? And I'm thinking like, you know, he's going to say like, Oh, you put him in a chokehold or like whatever. And like you do this certain move on him. And what he said, he was like, yeah, I would first, I would just run. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, like, why would you try and engage this situation if you can just, like, run away and, and you know, if you can run away, right? If you are in a situation where there is no way to run and, like, you have to engage in some way, shape, or form, then you have to take engagement from there. But if you're in a situation where, like, you can run, you know, because this is a very running safety kind of thing, if you are someone who can, like, run, like, try and run and, like, get out of there, like, if you can for sure, but if you have to be um, head on with someone, now, I will say that I haven't taken a self-defense course, um, but it is something that if you want to take the extra step, I totally recommend, so, like, I won't cover, like, the details on, in terms of, like, self-defense and everything like that, but um, I think it's something to, worth looking into in case you want to really, like, hone in your skills a little bit more with those things as well. I think at the very least, if you are carrying something like a pepper spray or a knife or something, you at least know how to use it. Um, like for me, I know how to use pepper spray. Like I've watched videos. I looked it up, like all the different kind of things out there and the tips and everything like that. So, um, you know, I'm just well aware of those things. And those are something that I think at the very base level, you should know how to use the tool that you're using for self-defense if you are carrying it along with you. So that is something for sure. So a lot of these uh, are, you know, road running safety principles, but like they can be applied to the trail as well, right? Like having some sort of self-defense tool or having a application that's going to signal off emergency context. Like these are all things to do as well for the trail. So I, we will go into trail specific stuff that are probably more specific to the trail, such as like animal attacks and like safety precautions and all that kind of stuff as well. But just know that like these things can, can bleed over to it as well. The other thing too, and this is, you know, again, I'm bringing this up in the road section, but it also works for the trail section as well. If you have an application like Strava or you're using a uh, Garmin watch or things like that, you, in some cases, you can actually share like the beacon of your run out with someone else. And I think it's a really, really good thing just to have just in case. Um, so, I mean, even for me when I'm running, like I just have my phone in general, just have find my iPhone on so that my wife all the time knows where I'm I am. So like, God forbid something happens, like at least we know where the location is out there. So like she always has that. So I always suggest to like, if you have, you know, an iPhone and I'm assuming Android probably has a similar feature. If you can have like a, you know, a feature where like you can have your phone being tracked when you are on your runs, um, to your partner or your roommate or whoever, like your, family member, whatever that might be, that person who would be best to know these situations, anyone who would be in your emergency contacts, I think having them have either the location of your specific run using one of those applications before, or at least having your uh, location on the phone being live for that specific person when you're on your runs is going to be super, super huge. And it just gives, you know, a little bit of a peace of mind of both parties as well, just in terms that everything's okay. So for me, like I always have my location on my phone for my wife. So anytime she sees me out running, she knows where it is. Um, I will say like 
be sure to communicate if it ever gets out of hand. Cause there was one time where I lost my phone, I actually lost my phone, um, pacing Melissa Suzuki at black Canyon, hundred K I thought I dropped it on the trail, but I actually just left it in an aid station and, uh, on, on the, uh, aid station or sorry on the, uh, map, it was just showing like me on the black Canyon trail for like hours and hours on end. And yeah, it, so just know that like, you know, you'll want to be able to communicate these things if it looks weird like that, uh, in any sense, but that's a good, um, it's just safety precaution to have. And although like in the moment it won't stop, at least like just, you know, having that location on for people to see and understand if they are, you know, wanting to keep tabs on where you're at, like just from a safety precaution reason, that's a great, great tool to use. And one that I suggest for sure. Another thing to really consider is wearing reflective gear or lights or ideally both whenever you're running at nighttime um, on the roads specifically. And even nighttime on the trail, um, it could be useful as well um, because whether you're on a trail that's paved and you're on a rail trail or even if you're on specific running trails at nighttime, why reflectors are so good is because you can see anything with a light that could collide with you that's going to reflect off and basically give a signal to them that, hey, there's a person here running, right? Um, really recently, Last week, there was a hit and run here in Phoenix where a runner was running on the road and she got hit by a car. And, you know, whether or not, you know, um, in any situation, a driver has malintent or not, you want to make sure that you at least have some presence out there for sure. Um, even if you're on like a sidewalk and not a specific road, or again, if even if you're on like a canal path or anything like that, or even on the trails, because you also want to protect yourself from bikers too. Cause I've gotten hit by a biker before and it hurts. It, like, it really hurts. I've never got hit by a biker running, but like on campus when um, I was going to Penn State, I was just walking and I got collided with into a biker and it hurt real bad. And so you want to prevent those things as well. So um, generally, a lot of the times, obviously, you want to make sure that you have a headlamp with you. That's going to be the most important thing to have out. I always suggest, even if there's street lights out and you're running at night to have a headlamp with you, just because if you do end up running at pockets where there is um, just a headlight out or it, or not a headlight out, but a street light out or it's darker, you can have that extra headlamp availability with you in case you need to see. And I typically usually suggest having that regardless because even if you hit darker patches, God forbid you hit the darker patch and then all of a sudden there's like a pothole there and like you dig your toe in and then something happens. It's just always good to have that extra peace of mind for visibility. And I've said this on the podcast many times before, when it comes to headlamps, I always suggest going with a premium model of headlamp because having much brighter and visible light is going to be much beneficial, not just in terms of like safety, but also performance as well. Because when you can see more things on the trail, you can make better decisions for when you're running as well. Um, for me, I use the Black Diamond Storm. It's about like a $50 headlamp, super bright. It's awesome. I've been using it for tons and tons of ultras. It is a great, great piece of equipment that I use. I'm not sponsored by them, by the way, too. So just also a heads up um, that, you know, this is just a genuine recommendation here. Um, but I'm all, like, 
I would say avoid those like cheapo headlamps on Amazon that are like $12 or anything like that. Um, so I, those are things that I would totally avoid um, for sure. Now, one purchase that I do suggest getting is a one of those like reflecting vests, but like instead of just the reflecting vest, it has like a light on it as well. And there's one thing on Amazon, it's called the Avanto LED reflective vest. So basically it's a reflective vest that will reflect off of light that comes at you, but it also has lights on it as well. So that way you kind of have the double, um, the double signal to any car, anything that's up there that has the light on it. And it also has the reflection on there too. And there's a bunch of different other stuff. You don't have to get the Avanto, but there's a bunch of other different things that you can like put on. Like I'm looking even on Amazon right now, there's like reflective running vests with like almost like glow stick kind of lights on it that you can put on that are going to have those, um, um, you know, signals when you're running out there as well. There's even like clips that you can put onto your shirts and stuff, but I highly suggest like making yourself visible to other, you know, cars and vehicles and bikes out there when you're at, at night, regardless of whether you're on the trail, the, you know, rail trail, canal path or sidewalks, um, and, and having those things out there. I, I really would suggest running, or I would suggest about not running on the direct shoulders of a road at nighttime, I would just like, for me, like that's always like a no-go for me. I tend to avoid that at all costs just because, you know, when, when you have a shoulder, there's, especially at nighttime, there's a lot more risks, visibilities aren't there. And like, um, I, I just think that the risk is greater than the rewards. So generally when I'm running at night, I usually either stick to trails that I know really, really well in the Phoenix area, or I go with, um, you know, sidewalks that are very well lit and in a safe area. And then also ones that are pretty far away from cars, like not ones where I'm like having to risk like being at cars and stuff like that. Rail trails can get a little bit sketchy at night just because, you know, depending on where you're at, there could be, you know, just some interesting characters out there for sure. Like I know where I used to live in Phoenix, there was a canal path over by me. And even during the day, there was, you know, some, some definitely interesting people out there and I've been heckled before out there too. Um, but I would never run that thing at night because of just like the risk that was there. So what I would do is if I had to run at night on the sidewalks, there was a really lit section of sidewalk that I would be running at for sure. And again, you know, if the safest thing to do, if you don't feel comfortable doing this thing is to run on the treadmill, like totally suggest doing that. And if you don't have access to a treadmill and you feel uncomfortable running outside, um, you know, again, like it's okay to not run, but if you are planning to do so and you do feel hundred percent confident, get a reflective vest, get one with a light, get a good headlamp, make sure that you have that precautions in there so you can be seen when you're out there by other, um, vehicles and people and everything like that as well. So it's always a good thing just to have. And this is more so from like collision from vehicles, so to say, in terms of safety in that regards. Another tool, and this is like more so gets into like the trail a lot, but I mean, theoretically could also be used for anywhere really. Um, but I have a, uh, so it's called a Garmin inReach and I'm sure you may have seen it. It's like a small orange, um, like it looks like like a really mini like cell phone almost. And, it fits in the palm of your hand. It's super, super tiny, but basically what it can do is a few different things. Like the first thing is it can text people 
even in areas of no service, and it can also call SOS even when you don't have uh, service for sure. Now, I know a lot of phones these days can have that same capability as well, but the inReach is nice because you can send texts and different things in there as well, and you can have maps directly on there too um, without like having to rely on a phone battery that might drain really quickly because the Garmin inReach will last a decently long time. So... Um, I always bring that out on me anytime I'm going on like super remote runs out on the trail. And so if I ever get into a situation where I need to call that, whether it's, you know, a violent encounter, hopefully not, but, um, even like I'm out here in Arizona. And so like we have rattlesnakes out here, like God forbid, like a rattlesnake jumps up and bites me. Like I can call SOS right away. And what's going to happen is a helicopter is going to come and pick me up out of there and get me the F out of there too. So it's, it's, they are expensive, but they're a very, very good thing to have. And I totally suggest them if you are running in remote areas with not a lot of service. And if you are running by yourself, I think that's a, it's a big, big thing to have. And if you plan to do like multi-day adventure things, so like, um, you know, uh, fast packing trips or like specific training camps where you're out by yourself, like they're really important things to have out there because well, it doesn't have to be the Garmin inReach. It can be any sort of beacon thing, but like it's, it's very, very good peace of mind. And like, I know with the Garmin, like you can also purchase like helicopter insurance, which basically like covers the cost for the helicopter in case you need it, which Fun fact for you in Arizona, if you do have to call a helicopter, like the law is that you are on the bill for it. So I pay that insurance gladly. I think it's like 50 or 100 bucks for the year. And I'm like, yeah, I'll take that for sure. Um, so that's something that you can get onto the inReach as well. But it's it's just a good peace of mind. And I know that when I have that, like I'm at least have like a backdrop in case anything, you know, crazy could happen for sure. So I think that's um, something to have too. And, you know, you can use it on the roads too as well. Like, I mean, for the most part, if you're running on the roads in a lot of different places, there is going to be service, but who knows? You might be in a spotty area or the phone or your phone might die. I highly suggest not to run outside um, with a dead phone though. Like make sure your phone is charged, but you know, sometimes it could die for other reasons like cold weather, anything like that. It's just good to have a backup just in case to signal SOS in case you need it for sure. So I think anything that's going to signal things out, regardless of whether their service is an important thing to have for sure. Another tip too, and this one seems a little obvious, but it can be harder, especially when for a lot of runners is like, just if you're in an unfamiliar area or you're in an area that doesn't have a lot of people, don't run with headphones. Like, or if you're going to run with headphones, um, run with like open ear headphones. Like there's a lot of different headphones out. Um, I think like uh, Shox is a brand and I don't really know any other brands other than them, but like um, they're headphones that like don't go in the ear. They're like bone conducting headphones. So they're kind of outside the ear and you're like, you can still hear surroundings pretty well, but like also hear the music. And I mean, ideally you want no headphones, but like if you want to listen to a little light music, I've heard those are pretty good, but keeping your head on a swivel is, is really, really important. Whenever I'm running in a new place that I'm unfamiliar with, I never wear headphones for that reason, just to keep my head on a swivel. I remember one time I was running in a place and it was in uh, Augusta, Georgia, which that's the home of the Augusta, um, uh, the Augusta, then the Masters Golf Tournament. So you would think it's like a very nice area. And I'm not just saying this to shit on Augusta, but like there are some pockets of Augusta that are not very great. And I used to travel there for work all the time, like once a month. 
And there was one time where I ran, and this was during the daytime too. There was one time I ran out there during the daytime. I looked up to make sure it was like a relatively safer area. It was definitely pushing it a little bit, but I said, you know what? It's during the daytime. Like, looks like pretty populated. We should be okay. And basically I started running and um, there was a dude who was like yelling at me and heckling me, like, you know, pretty much threatening to like come and, and do stuff to me. Like, pretty far back. And so I ran for my life and then went right back into the hotel. And I was like, okay, I I am not doing that again. And I just stuck to the treadmill pretty much every single trip thereafter. Um, and that was really like, even before I was like, so gung ho into safety, this was like early into my running career. Now I'm like pretty gung ho on like a lot of those things, especially when I travel and stuff. So, um, definitely, definitely a good learning experience for sure. And so that is why, I mean, and also too, you want to listen for like footsteps and things like that as well. Um, it's, it's just all something you want to just keep your head on a swivel. And by the way, again, I don't, I'm not saying this to like scare you and like the chances of things happening are low out there. If you're in a safe area and you take the right precautions, however, they're, you know, I don't mean to make it like, you know, that, 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 um, you know, kind of real that's out there. Like the chances are never zero because that's true. The chances are never zero. So again, I, this is not the norm. This is not something that like, you know, is happening more commonly. It does happen though. So it's good to take the precautions to prevent against it. So again, uh, don't feel like this is something that, you know, is going to happen anytime you run, but really you can prevent, I shouldn't say prevent, but you can reduce the chances of these things happening if you're taking the right precautions that we're mentioning out here. So, um, yes, by the way, anyways, tangent, but don't, uh, use headphones if you are in an an unfamiliar area for sure. So definitely keep that in mind. So in terms of road safety, that is pretty much a lot of like the big tips on there is just doing a lot of diligent research, making sure that you have something that you can have self-defense on and also signal for help around you publicly in case something happens. Um, and then also having different precautions that can signal SOS if you need to, even if you don't have service, making sure that you're well around your surroundings. If you want to take the extra effort to have that self-defense course, uh, totally suggest doing so as it can get some peace of mind. There are a lot of courses out there that are specifically designed for like self-defense for runners as well. If someone comes on you, um, at the very least, if you are carrying like some sort of self-defense weapon, it's good to know how to use it. And um, these are things to, to definitely just look out for and really protect yourself when you're out on the road. And again, these also apply to the trails as well, but like this is more specific to the road um, because talking about the trails now, there are some other different precautionary things to take that are outside of, you know, what you'd likely experience on a road run, right? Like animal attacks or things like that too. Now, most areas, you know, in the East Coast or even the Midwest, probably not going to have as much animal attacks. Talking more like West Coast or like the, um, uh, like Wyoming, Montana areas, like a lot of those areas where you have problems with grizzly bears and mountain lions and black bears or even like moose in some areas. Like, man, like those things are sketchy, by the way. Moose are sketchy. I remember I ran in um, uh, Wyoming in Grand Teton and there was a moose covering the trail and that thing was staring at me like it wanted to ram me down. And um, it was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. And so uh, I just waited for that moose to pass, which was just nuts. Um, but you want to make sure that you're making some, some good precautions out there. Now there's a bunch of different, um, bunch of different, like, you know, ways to handle different kind of animals, but 
really like a lot of the things just comes down to like just being well prepared in case like one of those things do happen. So I think first and foremost, as I just rehashing real quick, like having some sort of SOS beacon when you're running on the trails is really, really useful to know as well. If you're running in a newer area with trails that you're unfamiliar with, like definitely look to see if like there is any specific wildlife that are tend to be out there. So like if you're running in Arizona, like there's rattlesnakes out here definitely something to watch out for if you are running out here. If you're in Wyoming, like, you know, you're dealing with potential like grizzly bears or even black bears, right? Like when I was running in that area, like I saw tons of black bears and I saw a grizzly bear out there as well. And so you want to be well prepared for it. There are areas where there's mountain lions like Utah and, you know, uh, some areas in Southern California and even Northern California. Right. And so just knowing like what you could encounter out there, like, and being just well prepared for that is a good thing as well. So like for the rattlesnakes here, I carry around that in reach just in case something happens when you're in an area with bears, um, highly concentrated or highly known bear sightings. It's good to carry like bear spray around with you. Um, just in case you ever have to spray the bear, if it comes near you, that's something to have there too. Now, mountain lions, a uh, little different. I mean like mountain lions, there's, there's not really much you can carry. That's going to like fend it away. It's just more so Keep your head on a swivel for those mountain lions as well. And if you see a mountain lion out there, then, uh, then good luck. No, I'm kidding, but don't approach it. Don't run away from the lion. You just stay calm and you just hold your ground and you back away slowly, like just back away super slowly from the thing, or you hold your ground, like don't make any sudden movements. Um, you know, that's, that's at least what I've heard to do with the mountain lion and what I expect to do if if it ever came across in my parade. I have seen mountain lions out on running before. I actually did see a mountain lion when I was pacing Sally McRae at Moab 240 um, when we were up in the Salls, which was super, super sketchy. Um, there has been mountain lion sightings, you know, here in Arizona and Utah and, and the things. So um, that is one where you really just need to know what you're doing uh, with that. Whereas like bears, you can have bear spray. Um, Moose, um, <laughs> moose from what I've heard is like, you know, if, if it comes at you, like try and get behind a tree because it kind of gets disoriented. Um, but, uh, moose are very, very dangerous. Apparently they will charge. And like, uh, what you really want to do is, uh, like I said, you want to hide behind a tree because basically like it's going to like disorient it or something like that. And so, but moose, like you definitely ever, you want to be careful if you encounter, I heard that moose are actually more aggressive than, and, uh, than, than bears. So I'm definitely more scared of a moose than a bear, but anyways, probably not as common for a lot of people, but something to think about something to think about out there, but definitely make sure that like, you know, the wildlife in the area and if there's any precautions to take for sure. Um, so that's like the big thing with the trail too. The other thing too, like with, with trails is like carrying some sort of like neosporin or like, um, like some sort of like antibacterial or like sanitizing thing out there because like, listen, like I fall on the trails all the time. I actually fell on the trail the other day. Um, I shouldn't say all the time. It happens like every now and then, but you know, 
it can feel like all the time. But anyways, like I always want to like prevent infection. And like sometimes when you're out on trails, like there can be like feces on the ground, whether it's from cows or horses or anything like that. And like, you do not want that to get inside of your cut, especially like if you, you know, fall down on a trail in an area where that was. So like for me, I always carry around like some Neosporin with me or like some sort of like, um, um, what's it called hand sanitizer and basically like I will sanitize the area or put some neosporin or like put some antibacterial stuff on there just to prevent infection if I ever do get a fall and so for me the other day when I had like the knee thing I took out a little bit of neosporin I put it on the thing made sure to clean it off with some water for my bladder and then ultimately that helped to you know I you know, once I got home, I showered and everything, but you know, if you're out there for long periods of time, you don't want that thing to get infected. So it's definitely something to take into consideration when you're out there as well. And so, um, that is something I think always worth bringing for sure. Um, just in case, you know, you do take a fall, you do get an open wound and you want to prevent any infection, even if there isn't like feces on the ground, like, you know, there still is a potential for infection. So it's always good to treat that at the source if you have that stuff on you for sure. I think the other thing like in terms of like, you know, trail safety, and this is like more so in the summer months, like the winter months, definitely not as much, especially if you're in a colder area. But if you are in the summer months, like you should carry enough food and enough water with you for sure, because God forbid you're outside on a trail and something happens out there and you're stuck or like you're moving really, really slow. You want to be sure that you have enough water and food to keep you well fed or well hydrated in case something happens. So I'm here in Phoenix in the summer. It gets ridiculously hot, you know, gets into the 110, 115, even upwards to 120 in some days. And so like for me, when I'm out running on the trails, I always carry an absorbent amount of water, an absorbent amount of water. And with that absorbent amount of water, like that means like I usually will have like two soft flasks and like maybe a two liter bladder or like a three liter bladder or anything like that, even in an area where the, I know there's going to be water fill ups. And the reason why I do that is because like, God forbid something happens if I do do like biff an ankle or something like that and I have to like walk it in or anything like that I know that I'm going to have some water where I can really really protect myself in case that happens so that's really really key for those summer months is just making sure to like take more water if you can or if you're running on the road by the way if you're running on the road like making sure that like you're passing by areas where you can refill your water like pretty frequently as well I think that's like a big thing and even if you're running on trails like you don't have to carry a lot of water if there is a lot of water out there because you can carry around a filter with you. So like what I carry around is HydroPack. It actually has like a filter where you can screw it onto like any bottle and base any bottle that they have. And then you can just, you know, inside that bottle, scoop up the water, put on the filter on there, and then you can drink it directly from the bottle itself. And so I will bring that with me. Like in Arizona, like the options are pretty sparingly for running water, especially in the summer. But like if I'm ever in an area like Colorado or, East Coast or places where I know there's going to be running water and I'm going out for a long trail run, I will bring that just in case um, and fill up water, you know, where necessary, just in case like I ever get in a sticky situation or if I just run out water a little uh, quickly and I need some extra water in there as well. And by the way, yes, carrying enough stuff out there is a way of safety for sure. So uh, stuff by stuff, I mean like hydration and nutrition and all that stuff too. So always bring a little bit of extra calories just in case as well. I usually bring 
much more, I shouldn't say much more, but like usually like 300 or 400 calories more than I would expect to need on my given run, just in case something were to ever happen out there for sure. And this is why too, like when you're doing like 200 mile races, they typically require you to have, you know, extra calories with you, warm clothes with you, all those things with you, just in case something happens out there where you have to utilize that stuff to stay um, stay, stay alive out there. So I think it's good things to even have like on other trail runs. Cause I've heard some stories of some people who like go out and then they bust their ankle and then they're kind of stuck out there. And then, you know, they, if it wasn't for X, Y, and Z seeing them out there, then they wouldn't have been able to get off the mountain or something like that. So it's good to just keep those precautions in check for sure when you're out there as well on the trail. The last thing that I want to mention in terms of safety, and this really goes also for the road as well, but it's more predominant in the trail, especially if you're getting into the mountains and things like that, um, is being mindful of weather. And let me tell you like this, probably the scariest moment of my life. One of the scariest moments of my life, I should say not the, but it was definitely up there. I was living in Wisconsin at the time and, um, it, it generally is pretty moderate weather over there in the summertime. Sure. You get rain. Sure. You get, um, you know, uh, precipitation every once in a while, but most of the time in the summer, it's, you know, pretty sunny. And I was going to be running on a specific trail, um, that's pretty well known in the Wisconsin area called the ice age trail, which by the way, if you're ever looking for like a really cool trail to run in Wisconsin, it is the ice age trail. So it's a huge trail that goes through the whole state of Wisconsin. I believe it's somewhere around like 800 miles. It's kind of like, you know, the Arizona trail of Wisconsin, so to say. Um, but there's a punch of different sections that you can hop on. So that's where I would do a lot of my training when I was in Wisconsin. Anywho, um, getting onto this trail, I went outside and I noticed that it was overcast, um, but it wasn't raining. And I remember even checking the forecast and seeing like that there was like a 20% chance of rain. And, um, I was like, Oh, okay. 20% chance of rain. Like no biggie. Like that's going to be great. Like we're totally good to go. Um, and I remember getting out on the trail and running. And first of all, I hadn't seen like a soul out there. And usually when I go on the ice age trail, I was seeing a lot of people in this particular section that is some more, some sections are remote, but this one was pretty well known. And I remember just being, it was so odd how like Saturday morning, I wasn't seeing anyone out there. And I was like, huh, this is just really, really interesting. And then I remember just like all of a sudden the sky just getting completely dark. This is the middle of the day. And then all of a sudden just torrential downpour was happening. And as the torrential downpour was happening, I had done like an out and back on the trail and I was at the furthest point of where I was at. And I think that day I was running like 17 miles. So, you know, I was out there, you know, about eight ish miles, eight and a half miles, and then eight and a half miles away from my car. And as it's like pouring rain, like all of a sudden, like lightning starts happening. And then like these winds are just kicking up so high. And basically I found myself in the middle of a situation where all of a sudden trees just started falling all around me because the winds were just so powerful and there was lightning striking and everything like that. And I remember a moment where I was running and a tree literally fell, like huge ginormous tree fell right in front of me. And I remember thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, if I was there, I would be dead. Like I would literally be dead. And what I did in that situation, thankfully I had service. I actually called my sister at the time and I just said, hey, can you just like stay on the phone with me while I'm running through this crazy storm right now? Because if something happens to me, like, you know, I, I want you to call someone and, and you know, at least just like be on the phone with me while I'm going through this. So she was on there as well. So my safety tip here is not, you know, that is a good safety tip. If you have service, like 
you know, and you can call someone and you're in a sketchy situation with weather, you can have that in there. But the overarching moral of the story here is be mindful of the weather for sure. All the time when you're running outside, regardless if it's trail or road, you want to be mindful of the weather. And I think that just goes beyond just checking the weather itself. Like, cause as you know, from that story, like I did check the weather, 20% chance of rain. It looked fine outside. I was like, you know what? This could be good. What had happened was with that crazy storm, by the way, I'd never circled back to that, but the crazy storm happened because there was actually a tornado warning and it was actually a tornado that was in the area during that time. And that tornado warning, warning was out in an effect that morning when I went out there as well. And I just didn't even see the tornado warning on there as well. So, um, how I always say, like when you have crazy experiences like this, how can you learn from the future? So for the future for me, like I have a few different apps that I look at. So obviously I use a weather app on my iPhone. So I use the Apple weather app, but I also have like a radar app as well that can show like a radar of like precipitation that's coming in. So even if there is like a chance of rain, I look at the radar to see like how intense that it is, because if it is like a low chance of rain, but it's like a heavy, heavy, heavy rain, that's where like I'm, or like high gust winds or even like lightning those are things I'm going to be a lot more cautious about. So the app that I use, and I'll pull it up exactly, uh, it's called my, what is this? What is this application? Uh, let me look up the exact name. My Radar Weather Radar. How creative. Um, but it's it's like a My Weather Radar, my, my God, My Radar, My Radar Weather Radar. Jeez, I don't know why that was a tongue twister. But um that is um, the app that I use and it's pretty good. It's free to use. You don't have to pay for it um, and it's super, super useful. And then I also just look at weatherchannel.com like just to make sure that there is no like warnings out or anything of the sorts. Um, usually for me, like if there is going to be lightning in the area or extremely high winds, I generally tend to stay inside for the most part. Now I did do this post one time out that I know got like a lot of shares and things like that to say like, you know, if it's running on race, if it's raining on race day, you wouldn't not do the race. So therefore don't treat your training runs the same way. I still believe that to be true. But in that post, I also said that if it is dangerous conditions where you are risking anything that's going to be, you know, your safety, so to say, it's best not to run out there. Like it's just not worth it. So, um, and especially like in the mountains where like weather can get super, super volatile. So like if there's like a lot of storms out in the mountains, you just want to be super, super mindful of that. And I know that sometimes when you're in the mountains, you know, it can be super sunny and like you can't always predict the things that are out there, but at least just be mindful. Like if it's a clear sign that it's going to be a bad day out there, then, you know, definitely just think about those options. Now, if you are out there and all of a sudden some freak thing happens where there is lightning and there is like this crazy storm, I always say like, you know, try and find shelter. Like if it is a lightning storm, like for sure, try and find shelter. Um, and so if there is like shelter on specific trails, like a lean to or something like that, like try and find those things as well. But you always want to like not be the highest point of where you're at. Like, so if you're in like an open field, like you want to try and find something where you can like not be the highest thing because generally what's going to happen is like lightning does attract the highest thing that's in, right? That's why like when there's, you know, a tree out there and, you know, in an open field, that thing is probably more likely to get struck by lightning than anything else because it's just kind of sticking out 
So you want to make sure you're not the highest thing out there. And this is actually something I'm like starting to prepare for a lot more because I am running the Uray 100 in the summer. Uray, uh, for that race, you are high up pretty decently and you can be above tree line. And when you're above tree line in the mountains during the summer, during monsoon season, there can be storms as well. And even on the website, it does say um, it's up to you to make sure you don't get caught above the tree line in a storm. And literally the thing is do not go above tree line if a storm is brewing. I'm reading this from their website right now. So that means like if you are in the mountains and there is a big storm, don't go above tree line if you are out there for sure. Um, and even this race who is saying like, hey, this is a part of the race, like, you know, don't move forward if that's the thing, because, you know, every year people die from lightning strikes, especially in Colorado. And so you don't want to roll the dice out there and you want to be super, super smart. Now, if you do are like above tree line or things like that and lightning happens, the best way to do it is to like crouch down and like, um, you know, crouch down kind of like a baseball catcher, get low as you can, because the nearer you are to the ground, the less likely you're to be to struck by lightning. Um, don't lie down though, but just crouch. Um, but you want to be able to just crouch down as much as possible. And the only thing that can, should be touching your, uh, should, should be touching the ground should be the balls of your feet. Um, so the more that you minimize your contact with the ground, the less chance of electricity entering your body. If it does like, um, strike really close to you. So that's why you don't want to lie down because it's more of your stuff. So if you are ultimately, um, just having the balls of your feet on there, that's going to be, um, reducing the chance of any electroshock that's going to come out to this as well. Another thing too, is if you touch the heels of your feet together, um, if the electricity from the ground enters through your feet, it's going to go one foot and, um, in the other and kind of have that conducting thing as opposed to just shooting up to your body as well. So again, this is all stuff that I'm getting from the Uray website. So this is something that I'm learning a lot more, but it's always a good thing to know. So when you do, um, you know, not proceed on due to lightning strikes, getting in this position is going to be great. And if you are curious to see what this picture looks like, if you go to uray100.com slash info, there is like a diagram with this over as well. Um, also too, when you're in that position, cover your ears because it's going to be effing loud in terms of like the lightning. So, um, you know, we also want to protect our ears out there as well. Um, all that being said, like if you do get stuck in a lightning storm, that's a best way to do so. Um, but if it's going to be lightning out there, generally do not like I would, I would just try not to get out there and run. Um, even high winds, if you're high winds and there's a lot of trees around you, definitely don't be running out there as well. Or even if like you're in a city or something, cause you don't want like debris to like come and just fly and hit you and smack you. And like, it's just, again, like whether I, I think like nowadays, like we see like all the jokes of like, you know, David Goggins running in like a hurricane and things like that. And like, while it is funny and while it is like, you know, something that is like, you know, looked at as like, wow, this dude is fearless. Um, if you can run on a treadmill, that's the smarter move. So just be sure of the weather in your specific area. Make sure you check it. Um, for me in Phoenix, like when I actually first got here, I got into the habit of not checking the weather as much as possible um, just because... I mean, for the most part, it's usually sunny, um, but now I look every single day, no matter what, because the other thing you want to look for is if, if it's cold out there, right? You could have like a cold day and you want to avoid like any frostbite or anything that's going to be overly cold or even hypothermia or like any of these things that could be cold weather stuff too, which is another thing to look at with the weather. If you look at the weather and you see it's going to be way colder than normal, pack a few different layers with you. You don't have to wear them the whole time, but like, that's where I would suggest like 
you know, wearing a pack and then putting in, you know, a different layers in there as well. I know like when I'm running and it is quote unquote colder here in Arizona. And I know a lot of you East coasters and Midwesterners are probably going to hear this and just be like, ah, like what a baby. But you know, in, in the winter months, like even this year, like it was getting to like the low thirties, which is freezing here for Arizona. So again, like, you know, for us, that's super cold. I know for a lot of the other people are like, that's warm in the winter, but I digress. But there were like some times where I would just like wake up and it was like, oh, it's Arizona. It's going to be like nice and warm. And I wear like a t-shirt and shorts and then you go out and then it's just like bone freezing and you're just like super, super cold and everything like that. Now what I do is I bring a pack with me and I always bring a windbreaker, a very light windbreaker with me. And then I also just bring a base layer just in case along with uh, very light gloves um, just to make sure that I'm warm just in case. Also a beanie as well. Um, Sometimes, I mean, most of the time I don't end up wearing them the whole time out on the run, but if I'm going like up, like if I'm climbing up a mountain or something like that and I'm getting higher, I want to make sure to have those things just in case it is a lot more freezing up there. Or if I'm just going slower on the day at an easy effort and I'm not sweating as much, I do want to be able to have those in case. And again, too, if you are on the trail and you stumble and you like twist an ankle or something like that, like you want to be able to have warm clothes to keep you warm out there regardless. So I think it's just a good precaution to have. Now, yes, it is extra weight on there, but let me tell you that extra weight's not going to matter if you are in a situation where you're going to need that as well. So that's a big, big thing to have on there. So definitely looking for the weather for not just inclement weather, but also cold weather as well. And even so, just kind of go back on the roads too, like you know, I know we're still in winter, um, and this applies to some people listening to some colder stuff. Like, again, I know we're bouncing back between roads and trails, but for the road stuff, you know, if it's icy outside, like, best not to run out there. Like, best not to run if it's super icy because, like, you know, God forbid you slip and you, you know, take a fall, that's going to be very, very painful and detrimental and you can really screw yourself up. So like if it's icy outside, I always even tell my clients who live in colder weather because I have clients who live in Montana. I have clients who live in Canada and I always tell them, I say like, hey, if um, if it is icy out there, like either run on the treadmill or don't feel like you have to run today. Um, and the other thing too, in t- terms of cold temperature, and I talked about this on the winter training episode, if the temperature outside is less than 10 degrees Fahrenheit, um, and you run outside for that multiple days in a row, not one day, one day won't do too much, but if you run on that multiple days in a row, it actually can do damage to your lungs. So, um, because it's so cold and dry and it'll dry out your lungs and like that will do damage internally because it'll start to like crack the inner walls or, um, just really just dry it out and, um, it can impair your breathing ability for sure. So, that's like another thing to, to really, really watch out for um, in terms of just cold weather. So again, usually 10 degrees Fahrenheit below. If you run one day out there, it's not going to be a big deal. But if you have multiple days that are like that, um, I know in Wisconsin, like that would 100% be the case for a lot of the days in the winter. Um, it's probably best to run outside or maybe move your run schedule around a little bit as well to not um, totally risk those things. And then the last thing I'll kind of mention in terms of weather is air quality index. Now, this doesn't apply to a lot of different people. But I think over the summer, um, East Coasters got a lot of this with like the fires from Canada. I know in like the Pacific Northwest, this is a very frequent thing. Same with Colorado. Arizona has this sometimes, but not always. I know Salt Lake City will have this like just for like pollution, stuff like that. But um, 
air quality index is an important thing to look at um, because if you are breathing out uh, a lot of smoky air or air with a lot of pollution that has like a lot of harmful particles, think about like how much you're, you're taking in much more oxygen when you're running than you are just walking around. And like, you don't want to just flood your body with all these things. So I even look at AQI every single day as well, because sometimes in Phoenix pollution could be bad or there is a fire. And I'm always mindful of these things and um, making sure that I'm not running in a high AQI. Um, and so if you just look on like your Apple weather app or the weather channel, or if you're on Android and they have a weather app, I'm sure they have it on there too, but it will have AQI. But I actually use an app specifically for AQI because it has like multiple readings and, um, what it is called, it's called air visual. So air visual, like basically it will give you a map of like all the reported AQIs in a specific area. So like I'm pulling it up right now and it's saying like the AQI where I'm at right now is 17 and they have different reportings all around different areas and stuff like that. So, um, it's, I've tend to seen this app a little bit more accurate than the phone, um, for sure. And so, um, but I will check this every day just to like be sure that the air quality is great. And what I like about the application too, is that you can like move to a different location if, um, if like the AQI is better somewhere else. So I will like in Phoenix, right? Like there's central Phoenix where you kind of have like all the city and stuff like that, but there's actually a lot of trails in the outer Valley. And so like for me, like if I know that there's a lot of AQI, um, near it here and even just looking at it right now, there actually is a fire reported in Phoenix. It looks like, well, not Phoenix actually the, in globe, Arizona. Um, which is pretty far east of Phoenix, but like sometimes even if you have fires in like those areas, they can carry over. And it looks like the AQI is a little bit higher in those kind of areas, um, but the AQI near me is like 17. So if I look and I see those things then I and I have the time of day to do so, I will go out and drive to a part with safer AQI just in case. Now, um, I will say like if you can like, if you're running outside and like you smell the smoke, um, even with a low AQI, I would probably just be cautious. Like, and so I remember one time I was, went to go run Mount St. Helens and do, uh, the circumference loop around there. And, um, we were smelling smoke like right off the bat and we looked at the AQI and the AQI right then was like a hundred, but like in the distance it was like 250 and I was like, oof, like, um, and by the way, for AQI, like usually if it's a hundred or above, I tend to not run one, like 100 to 150. You can usually probably get away with just like one day. If you like do it accidentally again, I choose not to, um, 100 to 150, like you're kind of pushing it 150 and above is kind of like my hard cutoff. Like if it's 150 and above, then I don't usually run. Um, like anything, if you're running over 150 could do damage to your lungs. Now, if you do it accidentally one time, again, it's not going to screw you up, but if you do it multiple times in a row, it's really, really going to damage your system. I actually know friends personally who have really damaged their respiratory system because they kept running outside in high AQI environments. So just know that like that is a big thing to check on now in some areas that you live in might not be the case um but as you saw with like things like new york i mean i think the aqi was like 300 something like from the canada fires like and the sky was like orange and it was just hazy outside i was actually in new york when this happened too and like you could just smell the smoke out there it was crazy um and this was this past year, by the way, I was on, I was in, uh, New Jersey actually for a business trip and, um, yeah, the smoke was wild. Um, but 
that is definitely something to, to keep out too in terms of safety too. So um, I would always check the AQI. If it's 100, be skeptical. If it's anything 150 and above, I suggest running indoors or getting out of the area if you can to an area with less smoke, so to say, as well, or a lower AQI rating using that Air Visual app. So those are pretty much the big trail safety things. It's just uh, just a little bit of the differences like on the trail is definitely, you know, making sure that you're, you know, protecting yourself in case you fall, making sure that you um, are protecting yourself from animal attacks if you have them out there um, or if you're in a place with animal attacks too. And I think also too, like I in terms of choosing trails, the same thing does apply to the trails as it does with, uh, roads. And the fact that like you want to go, you know, granted, I know like as a trail runner, it's always like annoying to be on popular trails and things like that too. But at least like, if you know that there's going to be some traffic on the trails, um, it's, it's actually not a bad thing because like, it's going to have more people around you for sure. Now, if you are uncomfortable going on the trails by yourself, like again, don't have to go on the trails. Like I think it's much more important for you to get the run in, in a way that's comfortable for you than risking feeling uncomfortable or risking even anything, even if it is a truly uncomfortable situation from going out there and running on your own. And so, um, again, if you feel uncomfortable in a situation, especially on a trail, um, running by yourself, either don't run or find an alternative where you're running on the road or you're running the treadmill or anything like that. Um, always opt with the option that's going to make you feel safe because you know, you, first of all, like running should meant to be enjoyed. And listen, like I, I don't think there's ever a chance to make it 0%, but like we should live, you know, it, running is not something where you have to like, oh, you shouldn't have to worry so much about the safety stuff. And I know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of female runners don't feel safe out there. Like, I think I saw like a stat that said like 93% of female runners do have a, you know, a, a fear that like, you know, something unsafe is going to happen. And when you see things on the news like this, like, yeah, like I, I totally understand why. And, um, yeah, it's just really, really tough to see that. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, in a perfect world, I would, I would hope that, you know, we can get to a place that's like that, but I think the best that we can do in that situation is just, you know, uh, really just prepare ourselves, you know, for the given situations, um, you know, if they were to ever happen. And, you know, if we have the chance to, you know, if we don't feel comfortable in a situation, like we should 100% have the right to, to not be able to go through with it if we don't want to. So that is the trail safety tips onto there as well. Um, and yeah, I think, listen, this is a very important topic. And so one that I wasn't planning on doing on the podcast, but given the recommendation by Josh, thank you again for the recommendation, man. Really appreciate it. And if you have any other continued questions about like running safety or making sure that, you know, you um, are taking the right precautions when you're out there, please shoot me a message on Instagram. I'm at Joe Corsione. I will respond in a few days. Usually I'm happy to, to do so, or you can email me at everydayultrapodcast at gmail.com. And um, yeah. And I always even tell my athletes like that I work with on a one-on-one basis. I say like, Hey, listen, I want to see you get fit. I want to see you hit your goals. I want to see you get in your workouts. But the number one most important thing is that you are safe. And so I really, really always, um, say that like, if you're not safe, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, what the fitness gains are or anything like that. Like, it's just, you know, the, the, the trade-off isn't worth it. So, um, yeah, just, just please be safe out there and just know that like, it's one of those situations where it's good to be prepared. 
doesn't mean it's going to happen or that you're ever going to need to use any of the things that you learn or take on with you at the run or anything like that. But um, it's good insurance to have. Like that's how I see it. I see it as insurance. I see the Garmin inReach as insurance. I see pepper spray as insurance, right? Like these are all insurance measures that you can take because if something happens, you're going to be much more grateful to have it than not having it. And so um, that's just what I always kind of think about from there. So anywho, Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Everett Ultra Podcast. Stay safe out there. Please do. Um, and just know that uh, I'm always, uh, your safety is always number one for sure. And we're going to have ton more episodes coming up real soon with some awesome guests and some awesome topics. If you do have any topic recommendations, please shoot me a uh, message on Instagram at Joe Corsione or send me an email, everydayultrapodcast at gmail.com. And as you can see, this was a listener requested guest episode. So I'm happy to make. Uh, topics happen for sure. Cause I want to make sure to get you the information that you want to hear. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you a ton. And remember my friends, be a better ultra runner every day, be a safer ultra runner every day. And we'll talk real soon. Take care.